Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Welcome, welcome. My name is Steve and uh, I have the privilege of bringing the fifth message in our Arrow series. We've only got one to go. So this is the penultimate message before the last one. I don't know if that's the right language. I hope it is. And uh, this is week number five. And this is the whole key uh, thought around our Arrow series is this, that we want each one of us to hit the bullseye that God has set for your life and for mine. Yeah? It says in Psalm 25 verse 12 that the psalmist says, my question is this. My question is this, what are God worshippers like? What is, what is a person whose heart and whose life is chasing after God? What does it look like to be a person that's chasing after the Spirit and the things of God? And the answer came from God, they are arrows aimed at God's bullseye. And so we want to encourage each one of us to fix our target on the bullseye that God has for us, for you. And for me and that's been our series and this is week number five and in week one we talked about bows and arrows what is the arrows the arrows are us we are the arrow we are arrows aimed at God's bullseye what is the bullseye the bullseye is both relationship and role we've got to understand that that yes God's called you for a, a, he's got a calling on your life and a purpose on your life and, a, and tasks and things for you to accomplish. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10 that you are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for good works that you should walk in them, right? So we should walk in, there's a path for your feet to walk. But the access to that pathway is through relationship, that the purpose of your life is to delight in the Lord and enjoy Him forever. When you get to heaven, that's what you're gonna have. So your role is for now, but your relationship is forever. I'm gonna say that again. Your role is for now, but your relationship is forever. Can I get an amen? And so the bullseye is both relationship and role. And the bow is this, your lifestyle, your choices, your habits, the, the choices in our life that dictate the path that we walk uh, is the bow. And week two, we talked about planting your feet in the house of God. Week three, we talked about having the right grip. Don't grip too tightly. Allow God to govern and direct your life. And week four, who enjoyed Pastor Bex last week with the stretch? Come on, for you to hit the bullseye, it's going to require a stretch. Come on, God's going to stretch you. It's going to be uncomfortable. I do, we had uh, Jaden over last night. And we're talking about running. He's signed up to do a 62. I'm selling you out. Where are you? 62K run. He's back there on the AV. He's doing a 62K run in July. Come on, that's exciting. I've done a couple of um, ultra distance runs way back in the day. And, uh, and we're talking about running, man. And like, Bex says, do you guys stretch? And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't stretch, you know. And I've got a bad hip and, you know, maybe I should have done some stretching. It would have loosened me up and prepared me for the, you know, for the running. But God wants to stretch you. It's His loving kindness to prepare you for the purpose. Sometimes, like Joseph, he had to go through the pit and go through the prison so that he would end up in the palace. It was God's design. And He said after all that, it was the Lord's purpose that brought me this way. And I'll praise the name of the Lord. It was the thing that prepared Him. It got rid of that, that's, what's the thing He had? That, that kind of self-centeredness, that kind of like, 
you know, he's telling his brothers, oh, you're going to bow down to me. He got the vision, but maybe sometimes it's not wise to share it, you know. But he says, guess what? I saw a vision, you're going to bow down to me. It's like he had to have that worked out of him. And God, because he, he was called to the palace. So I really appreciated Pastor Bex's message last week. And if you missed it, it's out on the interwebs on podcast and whatnot. You can go and find it on our website and various places. Week number five, are we ready? So week number five, we're ready, church. Week number five, take aim. Take aim. And I've been now, we've been learning some good lessons from the complete guide to archery. And I'm going to continue with another little excerpt from the complete guide to archery's website. It says this, welcome back, he says, <laughs> to how to shoot a bow and arrow lesson. Number eight, I think it is for him. This is it, the big step, he calls it, aim. The big step, aim. He goes on to say, aiming is my favorite part of the process. Once I've gone through all the other steps, planting my feet, adjusting my grip, etc., etc., and then draw the bow, I try to let my thoughts totally go. If a thought pops into my head, and it almost always does, I let that thought go too. I try to mentally relax and be totally present in my quest to connect with my target. I try to think only of the target and let any extraneous thoughts about work, about bills, even about things I love float away from me. Nothing exists in that moment except for me and the target. This is, this is the guide to archery. I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. Now, aiming is my favorite part of the process. I think of only of the target, the bullseye. I try to mentally relax and be totally present in my quest to connect with my target. Nothing exists in that moment except for me and the target. Your aim, your aim, your aim. Nothing else exists in that moment except for you and the target. I love the Apostle Paul. He, he says in 2 Timothy to his younger mentor, apprentice, Timothy, he writes him a letter and he says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 10, he says, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love and my steadfastness, my aim in life, you followed it. What is Paul's aim in life? Well, he actually answers this question in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9. And 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9 says, We make it our aim to please Him. We make it our aim to please Him. The aim of Paul's life was to please Jesus. So nothing exists in that moment except for me and pleasing Jesus, I try to mentally relax and be totally present in my quest to please Jesus. I, I try and think of only of pleasing Jesus. This is what Paul would say if he was writing about how to hit the target. If he's gonna aim at something, he's gonna aim at pleasing Jesus. I wrote point one, but to be fair, I've only really got one point. And that is that we aim to please. 
We aim to please. In week three, the right grip, we talked about Jesus is not only Saviour, but Jesus wants to be Lord. Jesus not only wants to bring wholeness into your life, completeness into your life, restoration and reconciliation into your life, but He wants to rule over and lead you and guide you into a future and a hope He has for you. He wants you to release the grip and let Him lead you. Be teachable, submissive, be well guided. He says to His disciples, come follow me. And the call is the same today. Following requires followership. It means someone else is in the lead. Who's in the lead of your life? We aim to please. So if we aim to please Jesus, what does pleasing Jesus look like? Well, my favourite chapter in the Bible, are you allowed to have a favourite? I've got a favourite. Have you got a favourite? I've got a favourite. It's John 14. I love John 14. Particularly a couple of verses in John 14. In John 14 verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me. If your aim is to please me, you'll keep my commandments. I don't want you to hear this this morning that God has got this rule book, of list, a list of rules for you to keep. He's not, it's not a big list of rules, people. Jesus came to abolish the list of rules. Do you hear me this morning? But he has some commandments still as Lord of our lives. He has some commandments with the express purpose of leading you and me to life. And so, I didn't tell you what my favorite verse was, did I? I, It's not even in my notes here, but I'm gonna tell you because I I can feel you wanting to know. And I don't want you just itching, I wanna scratch that itch for you, you know. He goes on to say in John 14, that if you love me and you keep my commandments, I will manifest myself to you. There is nothing greater than Jesus invading your life. I mean, how real is he to you? Is he a distant, far off thing? Is he something that's written about in a book or is he real to you? Because I'm telling you this morning, he is real and wants to make himself known to you. He wants to invade the space of your life. He wants to manifest himself, which makes to make himself real. To manifest is to make something obvious and real. He wants to be real in your world. Like Jesus is for real. And there's nothing greater. If you love me and keep my commandments, I will love you and I will come and make my home in you and I will manifest myself to you. And is there anything greater? I long for that. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We flip one chapter over, but you know, the thing is, is when Jesus was speaking, there was no chapters and verses. We know this, right? He was just speaking. Some helpful person later on in history thought he would chapter and verse this thing out so we could reference it. Thank you, person. That's very helpful. (laughs) So we can follow along. But this is just dialogue, right? This is just dialogue. And they were recording it. Remember what he said there? That was crazy. 
John's just died. Right, John's just writing this down. So this is the same conversation, people. John 14 and John 15, there's no breath. He keeps going through to John 17. It's a big, long dialogue. Or Anyway, you get my point. So let's pick up, let's pick up. What does it mean to keep His commandments? That's the question. How do we aim to please? That's the question. We carry on in John 15 verse 4 and 5 and then we'll read 9 to 17. I know it's a big chunk of it, but I believe in you people. So let's read it. It says this in verse 4 of chapter 15. So you must. Can everyone say you must? Hmm. Sounds kind of commanding, doesn't it? You must. Does it say you may or if you feel like it? If you know, if you want to, you know, have a go at this, maybe, maybe if you've just, you know, no, you must, yeah, remain. And by the way, this is from the Passion Translation for all of you out there going, this is, I know this, but this is weird. This is the Passion Translation. We're taking the new translation for a spin. It's all right. We've got seatbelts in the car. It's going to be fine. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are the branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitlessness will stream from within, sorry, fruitfulness, get that right, will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Jump to verse nine. I, I love each one of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let, me let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, there it is, you will live in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands, for I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. My purpose for telling you this, these things is so that, you, that your joy, excuse me, my purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. He's not coming to give you a list of rules to keep. He's coming to free you so that you can experience the fullness of joy that He has on offer. Do you know that when we don't live under the commands of God, we are reduced from the joy that He has for us. He's not coming to put weight on you. He's coming to free you and me from weight. I'm telling you this so that you'll be full of joy, he says. Dakin. So this is my command. Here it is again. This is my command. He just said, if you keep my commandments, those are those who love me. In the same breath, he's going, this is my command. This is my command. Are you, are you leaning in with me? Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is, to lo is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Would you take a bullet for me, Chris? Would I take a bullet for you? <laughs> this is, <laughs> it's Bible, man, it's Bible. <laughs> you, sh you should know that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. You will know that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I've never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing, but I call you my most intimate friends. For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. You didn't choose me, but I've chosen you and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. 
I've, I've commissioned you with a purpose, with a bullseye, with a trajectory of your life to bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you've asked of the Father, for my sake, He will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. If our aim is to please Jesus, if Jesus says, if you love me, if you want to please me, then keep my commandments. And here I can pick out three. Number one, we must live in Jesus' love. We must live in Jesus' love. Number two, we must love one another deeply. We must love one another deeply. And number three, we must go. We must go. All three commands are connected and arranged in an order that is important. It's like a flowchart. It's like a flowchart. You've got to go from one to the next to the next. You can't skip over. Please don't go if you don't love Jesus and love people. Please don't, don't go and try and <laughs> make disciples. <laughs> Number one, live in Jesus' love. The first commandment, you will live in my love. The starting point of our aim is receiving His love. Did you hear me? It's receiving something. The starting point of your aim is receiving His love for you. It starts with positioning ourselves under the waterfall of His love and just letting it wash over you. His love, His mercy, His grace. Let it wash over you and receive it. We can't love one another like this without receiving His love. Our love for one another flows from the love that Jesus loves us with. It's a crazy, upside down, lay your life down, it's crazy, nutty kind of love. It makes no sense. It's radical love, people. It's radical love. It's so radical that Jesus says that people are gonna know that you are my disciples. They're gonna go, there's something about this person. Not because of how much Bible you can preach, not because, not because of what you do, whether you just watch PG movies or maybe an R16 if it's about Jesus, or, or, or listen to you know, Christian music and Life FM's your only radio station and all these sorts of things. No, they're not gonna know you because of that. They're gonna know that you're His because of the way that you love each other. There's gonna be something in the way that we connect as a family that people are gonna go, that's attractive. And I wanna be a part of that. It's a crazy, upside down, nutty kind of love that we don't actualize ourselves. Any, any fathers, mothers in the room, parents in the room, come on, give me a wave. We're a Pentecostal church, you can put your hands up, it's okay. You didn't have that love for that child, did you? Until it came into the world and all of a sudden, wowza, I love this child, like I, I, would, I would take a bullet for this child. I would, and it's, it's not a reciprocal love, the child's not gonna take a bullet for you. <laughs> they just want everything from you, they don't give nothing to you. There's, no, there's nothing, nothing coming back. 
And when they look you in the eyes, they just melt you. But like, honestly, it's just, it doesn't make any sense, this kind of love. Yet, the day before you didn't feel it, and then the next day you're holding your child, it's like, if anyone hurts you, I will break their kneecaps. You know, it's like, you've got this love. There is a moment when the Holy Spirit can come upon us and fill us with heaven's love so that you can love those around you with a love that you don't possess yourself. But He wants to fill you with it. We have to position ourselves to receive love so that we might represent love to one another. Come on, we need a fresh encounter with the love of Jesus. We need to like marinate in it like a good steak. Like a pen, let it penetrate every part of our lives. So where there's just this sweetness and this fullness that's I'm so for you. Like there's no longer any, we're not jealous or wound up or trying to position or we're just, man, can I champion you on? Can you, like there's a love that's radical in the family of faith. Let it penetrate us from the inside out. If you want to hit the bullseye family, if you want to aim for the bullseye, it requires receiving the love of Jesus and then being the love of Jesus. You cannot fulfill your purpose if you don't love one another. Come on, it's not just vertical relationship. It's not just I'm good with God. The Bible doesn't give us that, that out. I'm just good with God, I don't, I don't need the family of faith. You see, Jesus is saying this, that your vertical love for me will play its way out in your horizontal love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Vertical love is demonstrated horizontally. Come on, you need to know your purpose is connected to your people. I know I've said this many times, but maybe this is your first time hearing it. Your purpose is connected to your people. Your purpose is deeply connected to love. God wants to break your heart for things that He cares about so that you cannot not act. That you are motivated and propelled, not by your own agenda, not by your own sense of self-worth, not by your own uh, sense of, uh, of, 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 of importance or, or validation or, you know, it's, He wants to motivate you by His love. He wants your aim to be driven by the fact that you've received this crazy love and you want to facilitate that love. Following Jesus is an others-focused life. It's very hard to have that without heaven invading our hearts. Without the kingdom of God stamping its mark on our lives. The world will say, no, no, this is your all that matters. 
make hay while the sun shines and carve out your kingdom. And Jesus says, the last will be first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Take up your cross and follow me. And if that seems like a challenge to you, I love the parable of the kingdom of God. It's like a man who finds a treasure in a field and he sells everything to buy that field. If you love me and keep my commandments, I will come and make a home with you and I will manifest myself to you.